Just a heads up, everyone. Though we look at things through an optimistic lens on this show, some of the topics may be triggering and some of the language may be adult. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm Jenna Edwards, and I've overcome some pretty serious adversity in my life. And I just recently realized it was all because of this mindset I call aggressive optimism. I knew I wasn't the only one living with this way of thinking, and as I always say, there's a million ways to do anything. So I wanted to do this podcast so I could have conversations with others and learn how they overcome adversity and achieve their big goals and dreams and create the life they want to live. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and I am so excited today to introduce you to one of my all-time favorite, most loving humans on the planet, Melanie Lutz. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Jenna, great to be here. Melanie is a CEO, writer, director, and most importantly, she is on a mission create a movement called All Systems Love, and I cannot wait to talk to her today about all the love. Melanie, let's just get started. I'm super ready, as they say. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, so let's tell our listeners what you mean by All Systems Love and your project Mel's Love Land and all the things. I can't wait to share all of this with everybody. Well, Mel's Loveland started with a very simple and gentle voice uh, that said to love everyone. And I thought to myself, huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's going to be interesting. So, it doesn't uh, seem like a challenge, but then you meet the people who you're like, oh, I don't know if I love you. <laughs> well, the weird meeting yourself, I think, was the shocker that at the end of the day, after all is said and done, the... The biggest uh, hurdle of the 20th century and, you know, someone born and raised in, you know, the late 20th century is uh, the self-hatred, the idea of our enslavement to the ideas of uh, not being enough um, or somehow lacking. So quickly, love everyone became, uh, can you receive a message of loving yourself? And how that live in the heart as a regenerating vibration. Because ultimately, when we get into all the heart math and the beautiful vibrational harmonics that are part of our everyday allyship with the planet, uh, we get to we get to regenerate with love and kindness. Those are two of the vibrational tones that truly keep us in perpetual uh like i said regenerating our our back to one so it's like wow. total eternal presence anyway so short answer uh, all systems love was the idea that once you start loving yourself embodying a love then everything is our neighbor we're loving ourselves as our neighbor so that's so interesting i have to i have to ask if you can hear that big thunderous sound I can actually. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like the universe is being like, yeah, boom. <laughs> In reality, it's my neighbors redoing their house. <laughs> so that's life, though, right? Like when you are doing the work that you are called to do from a space that might not be ideal, we just make it work. And I apologize to everybody for the 
distraction, but hopefully now it'll just be like, like an emphasis, like an exclamation point on all the things you're talking about, because I love what you're saying because it's true, right? I always talk about the fact that hurt people hurt other people. And if we can all kind of go into what you're saying of that self-love piece and heal that hurt for ourselves, it's going to change the world 100%. Yeah, I've been really blessed in the process to have wonderful sisterhood of which uh, I've had the support uh, from family and friends who may have not gotten the message to love everyone, but their lives are representative of this idea of our superpowers or our inner powers. And That's one- fascinating. Can you give us an example, like a, a just a visual example of what that might look like for our listeners who may not have gone on this journey of self-healing and self-love? Uh, you pick a color, and obviously, uh, vibrationally, colors all have different tones and feelings and represent uh, an energetic chakra system. And they're the rainbow, the invisible, uh, made visible through a prism of love or light. Mm-hmm. So the color becomes kind of, I think, the warmest and easiest uh, way in sometimes to oh, that, that representation. So as a very specific example with the two of us, uh, you have a embodiment of sunshine and yellow. And the idea <laughs> of the warmth of the sun as a permeating broadcast of which now you've added aggressive optimism to your broadcast. So Mm -hmm. the idea of all systems love really is this, wow, here's my note and color and vibration that I'm broadcasting. And that's emanating from my heart. um, If it's authentic or what they call coherence, Mm -hmm. the heart coherence uh, that then harmonizes with those that you interact with. So it's just, it's really embodying the wisdom of the heart and it's, uh, it's, you know, what we reference as a loving energy. That's Um, so interesting because um, I've had a couple of experiences with my obsession with yellow and one of them is it just kind of came naturally for me. Like that was just my favorite color. And then people started to point it out and I started to really think about it and realize that it really is my, like, I want to embody all of the aspects of what I think the sun represents. And I've been doing that very consciously over the last year and a half, um, which I know you and I haven't actually talked about. So that's hilarious to me that you brought it up or very, you know, in sync, which you are. Um, But also the fact that it just kind of came naturally. And then the other thing that is interesting about you, about the color yellow specifically for me is somebody once asked me, why? Why do you surround yourself with yellow? And I was like, well, it's just naturally something I do. But then when I sat down and I really thought about it, it actually became an obsession for me after the after the crash when I was experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder and there were literally people dying in my head every time I closed my eyes, I unconsciously started to surround myself like a lot with this color because it made me feel better. And so I think that oftentimes when people talk about the chakras and, and the representations of colors, for those who aren't actively seeking it out, I would invite them to look around and see what colors you just 
um, without thought, what's that word? I'm trying to think of instinctually have around you and are drawn to, because I feel like that's an interesting process and a great place to start, right? Yeah. And bridging some of what I tend to talk about, because I'm, I have an intellectual curiosity and, and there's things that I enjoy, you know, nerd town, um, getting involved with, but <laughs> Uh, some people experience, you know, walk in the forest as their, you know, reset or re reconnection. Green, you know, the color of uh, of the heart's emanation is their thing. And like I laugh because my mom's crew growing up, they had their colors, you know, their makeup shade, you know, what the color they fit into. But it's just the affinity you have where you can easily connect to the resonance of the heart. And it's different at different times for different people and different ages and things like that. So so interesting. Uh, you know, it's our feedback loop as to what will heal us and bring us back into harmony. Ah, I love that. And so I am going to um, shift the conversation a tiny bit directed towards how did you decide to make Mel's Love Land into this movement of all systems love? And what, what did that look like for you when you first started it and decided to make it a movement? And how has it manifested recently? That's a good question. I started with listening deeply and as if my life depended on it, the voice. Mm that was saying, go here and do this. Talk to this person and show up and do what you, you know, just keep your heart open and try to not judge it. And so it started there and quickly uh, I started this inquiry and curiosity as to what I was being asked to do. What form would this need to take? How in, in, you know, in the precious, uh, you know, universe am I going to move through something that's really challenging to see the world differently? Like literally to say to yourself, wow, love, if it's not with love, if I'm not thinking with love, what I am thinking is not true. Okay. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. Let's. <laughs> so, it's easy peasy, oh. right? <laughs> It's just, a, it's a soft focus and it's a, it's an everyday practice, which is what I realized. But mm -hmm. again, I was at the end of a, end of a line of sorts where I had written a book and I uh, was going to the book soup to do a talk and to um, have a, an event on Sunset Boulevard. And I literally didn't have a car. I had to take the bus. Oh, luckily, wow. Luckily there was a bus from where I live in Beechwood Canyon to sunset. It was like a straight shot to sunset. I got off the bus. I did my event. After the event, a woman came up to me and said, hey, my mother had just passed away. That really meant a lot to hear this love conversation because I have not been feeling the love. Mm. Uh, all I feel is the pain of loss. Wow. And I said, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then I just listened because the training of loving myself is all about listening. And I didn't know where I was going to go or what I was going to do or honestly, like what was next for me. And um, that, that person uh, then said, well, what are you going to do next? <laughs> 
It's like what, what they say about when the, when you're ready for the teacher, the teacher will show up. It's like, you didn't know what you were going to do. And somebody's now asking you the exact question you're struggling with. So interesting. Super, super channeled. And uh, then I said, without thinking all systems love. And so from that day on, I don't know what it means. And I'm just beginning to kind of grasp the idea Mm -hmm. and, you know, things, uh, other channels have come in and explained it, but all systems love, I don't know. It was okay. Systems, our systems need a regeneration for the 21st century. I mean, your brain can get very active as to what that means. And it was showing up to be a bridge uh, between what was and what would be. And, oh, and wow. to, uh, is, is the answer that I got. And I'm still defining all systems love, but as a, as a movement within a very interesting time where I consider the 21st century, we're coming on line with the 20, you know, the roaring 20s. Mm. So all systems love for me is like a marching order for uh, showing up and and demonstrating what it means to have a system regeneration. Oh my gosh. I love that you use the word demonstrating because I feel like that's what your docu-series essentially is. Am I right in that? It is a, yeah, it's where it's going into the field, if you will, bearing witness and demonstrating, I'm, I have no judgment about this, but here's the information I've gleaned. And it's all aspects of love in action, uh, dance, you know, going into embodiment uh, through dance practices, learning about harmonies through uh, a singing group called the Band of Singers, going to uh, very, activist, freedom fighting, you know, street marching, protests for the earth, uh, standing with and for things that matter. And it has been, um, and demonstrating and showing that, uh, what that looks like. That's incredible. I love it. So what was the biggest challenge for you in creating this docu-series? Receiving help. Oh, let's talk about that a little bit. I think a lot of people have, have struggled with that. So what, like, give me some examples specifically of where areas where you needed to ask for help. I mean, the biggest thing is always uh, when you ask and you ask a, a particular person and they give you an answer that's very um, unfriendly. Oh, and then you anticipate that every person's going to be in that, you know, in that vein. So you kind of move into, well, I'll just do it myself. Wow. So that's, right? that's it's like when you, core. what was yeah. that? That's the core of it where it's, you kind of imagine a particular person uh, showing up in a particular way mm. and then they don't. And then you just kind of go, no one's ever going to show up. You know, it's like you're defeated. Like, I can't ask anyone else because I already asked somebody and they said no. <laughs> right? Because it's hard when you are trying to approach everybody with with love and then they come back at you not so lovingly and you're like, wait a minute, what just happened? That's how I am with, I, I just genuinely think everybody's kind and good, you know? And, and so I totally understand what you're saying about, like, you get these reactions where you're like, whoa, I forgot that there are people who aren't like kind and loving sometimes, but again, hurt people hurt. And, and so you have to like, 
forgive and move forward. So how did you overcome that? Because you can't make a movie, especially a whole docu-series on your own. It's just impossible, right? And that's not your true desire anyway. So how did you, like, what were some things that you did to overcome that fear? I go strongly with the four agreements uh, and just practice, you know, just practice continuing to make requests of the universe. And uh, there are things that need to be done independently and on your own. It's just Mm -hmm. having it. uh, The biggest shift is always I've given everything all the meaning it has. And so if I've created some meaning around something, I don't allow the universe to actively uh, channel something that's appropriate. If I, if I take my hurt self and say, oh, um, this person was going through this, they said this, which was basically unkind. Mm-hmm. But if I make a meaning around that about myself, which some of the self-defeating and self-defeating oh, yeah. does, um, then I'm stuck in a, a trauma that doesn't exist in the present because the universe is always offering opportunities and people and resources. And like that Native American, it's always the what when you ask and you get present, like, dear God, allow me, you know, to uh, receive this wonderful gift of somebody's time, presence and service for the docuseries and you make that sincere request, the universe does respond with a person who's closest to hearing your message. And it's not always the person you think. That's an interesting piece, right? The, the whole idea that you have to also be open to receiving the help from sources that you might not expect. Yeah, and, and understand that that is the gift of being in harmony, you know, in the resonance of oneness and love and the vibration of this person's available in the universe to create with you. And any other, you know, hey, I want to do it with this person or I want to do something else does get in the way of your um, authentic coherence with uh, who you're supposed to be in, in harmony with for that moment and that project. That's so fascinating. So, that being your biggest struggle, when you were able to overcome it, what was your biggest success around that? The biggest success was who, like how long I had, I guess the biggest success was, was seeing who was showing up Mm -hmm. and experiencing the out of the blue, uh, complete, like as a big example, I sent out and did a Kickstarter um, after I had done the pilot to go, geez, I need some post-production support in the form of, you know, uh, licensing for different things. And these things are expensive. Like they yeah. set that up. So then you're <laughs> like, wow, I really, so I went out and I was like, okay, here's some folks, et cetera. And, and uh, I, you know, I managed to meet the the minimum, not the maximum. And then I was kind of like, wow, I really worked hard just to get the minimum. But oh, interesting. A friend had um, made this random suggestion at the end of the year that there was a foundation that could uh, and would be interested in doing a grant. You have to, it's all paper. So you have to 
write them with a letter and not, you know, there's no emailing. So it's a very, you know, and you get, they'll send it, it old school. Like, <laughs> and they'll send you papers and then you have to fill out the papers. And then, Talk about bridging from the 20th to the 21st century. And so this wonderful <laughs> um, organization called the Puffin Foundation. Uh, so I write them and they send me a nice little like handwritten, you know, packet. And then I send the the foundation stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, I have never worked so hard in my entire life. Um, I've been loving like nobody's business. I can't even email these people. <laughs> just, and it was like this long, exhaustive encyclopedia of like, I don't know if you've ever filled out a grant. I, it was the first time I had done it. People yes. Time. It's very intensive. It is. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, okay. And then I put it in the mail literally just after Christmas because by the time I had heard about it, it was the 22nd of December. And then they shipped me, a, you know, the paperwork and it had to be in by <laughs> 1231. So I'm like sweating, you know, sweating and typing and trying to, and then, oh shit, how do I even get this to them? Whatever. And then I had to let it go because you just don't know. I put it in the mail, like, thank God I put a stamp on it. Like, who knows? Like, if they're even going to get it at work. And so I had been progressively uh, over that course of the first six months going, wow, this is a lot of work you know, oh my yeah. God, I'm really like, I'm editing like a crazy person and I seem to be getting nowhere. Like it, it just kept, kept going and kept going. And I'm just like, wow, I'm getting nowhere. And then ultimately I came home one day after just like, I think I'm going to have to like, you know, pull the plug on everything. Like I can't figure out what's happening right now. It does not seem to be moving forward. And I got home, there was a check in the mail. What? The puffin, like a literally like, no, hey, it was a check, like a fat <laughs> check in the mail, so. That's amazing. So that's like one of the easiest examples. Like That's fantastic. Company, but it's just like, you know, you just kind of go, wow, I can't go on anymore. I'm like, something's got to give. And then there's, there's you know, the answers are already in the mailbox. Oh my gosh, that's so fantastic. And what a great example of your mindset having to be aggressive optimism. Like that's what it means when something's got to give. You just keep believing and believing and doing the work and doing the work and look at that. That's incredible. So now having done all of this, can you hear me? Oh yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Having done all of this, what would you, what advice would you have given yourself when you first started? Uh, find a stewardship of like-minded folks who were on board with the project. I mean, for this particular thing, mm -hmm. you know, reach out and, and get a, you know, know who your support was going in. Ah, that's interesting. And, I don't think people think about that that often. That's really great advice. Just really, uh, at the end of the day, the council members and the, you know, school of light and my ancestor, I mean, I called everyone in <laughs> after the fact. Um, and I have to just hats off to the universe. Like, wow, this is how it goes. You start alone. You, you know, that Joseph Campbell quote or whatever. It's, it's, you know, where you thought to be alone, you know, all of a sudden you're met with everyone that you've ever, you know, whoever it was. So. Wow. That's amazing. So if you can believe it, 
Melanie. We're almost out of time. Yes, I do. I babbled. <laughs> no, you didn't babble at all. It was amazing. I'm so grateful. Um, I just say that to say we're at the um, advice close research resource section. So if you could give any of our listeners advice when they're about to start pursuing their dream projects or their dream in general, what would it be? I have five tips or whatever. And obviously uh, some of it is let your tears flow. So if you have to buy a waterproof, a waterproof cell phone. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> and so true. Ask for help first and allow yourself to receive it, embrace it, embody it. Wow. Um, tell all the truths, even if you're afraid to share them. Oh, man, you're getting deep. Okay. <laughs> and then fall in love with yourself and your wonderful way of being in the world. Oh, wow. Oh, you're such a loving soul. Like this whole movement that you are creating is so you. And that's why it's going to be successful because, well, it can't not be. It's just the minute that you announced it, because all, all of you listeners, Melanie have known and I have known each other for years. And the minute you announced that this is what you were doing, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the next thing is, do you have a favorite quote? I mean, it's something I guess I say to myself all the time, which is when you're loving of yourself and others, there's nothing that's not possible. Oh, it's so good. Can you say it again? Uh, when you're loving of yourself and others, there's nothing that's not possible. I just need to hear it twice. Let it sink in. So, so good. And do you have a favorite resource for, for love, like for all the things? I've been, uh, no, and I, I mean, I'm creating a, a, a concept of, you know, resource of all things love and not just romantic love. And, and so uh, my resources are angel, you know, non-temporal. Um, so I just tap into an angel light language. So it's a different resource than other people can access or everyone can access it, et cetera. So. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. I, I, I like sharing the different ways people get their, their dreams done and put out in the world. You know what I mean? So yeah, I appreciate that time. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. And I appreciate the uh, optimism and the, you know, the space that you're holding and offering. And I just appreciate it. Aw. Well, I couldn't do it without you sharing your brilliance with me and the audience. And I definitely couldn't do it without the audience. So thank you, Melanie, for being on the show. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in. Uh, this has been the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. The Aggressive Optimism Podcast is made possible through affiliate programs. So if you'd like to support the podcast and get some really great products for yourself, head on over to the offerings page at aggressiveoptimism.com. And if you want a little more aggressive optimism in your life, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Edwards Life. I'll see you over there. Until then, 
Have a good one.